Forgiveness, as I think we all know, many times can be a difficult thing to offer somebody else. But it intrigues me the fact that it's also hard sometimes to have forgiveness be accepted. And if you think about it, non-acceptance of forgiveness kind of comes in two flavors. On the one hand, there's the person who says, you know, you've done something, you're apologizing. No, no, that's okay. There's no need to apologize. It's okay. Don't, you're making too big a deal out of it. Even if inside they're thinking, yeah, well, it's the least you could do. And on the other end of the spectrum, though, is the person who's only too happy to let you know that you should be forgiving them. And their non-acceptance, you know, looks something like, hey, pal, I'm sorry, won't cut it. Is that all you've got? I'm sorry? Don't you realize what you've done? I'm sorry? You even see that in some of the Catholic media posts, blog posts. People saying, you know, I'm tired of saying I'm sorry. When are we going to do something? It's interesting how often, actually, forgiveness isn't accepted, let alone isn't offered. I'd like to suggest that At the bottom of it all, it's not simply that forgiveness is hard to give or sometimes hard to receive. I mean, we all agree at one level that it's a good thing, so why isn't it easier to do? I think forgiveness ultimately has a lot to do with control. Because as soon as you say to another person, I'm sorry, or can you forgive me, you're entering into some pretty risky territory. All of a sudden, you're putting yourself literally at the hands of another person's free will. You're making yourself vulnerable. You're just putting yourself out there. Maybe they'll accept it, and that's great. But maybe they'll take that trust and manipulate it. Maybe they'll use it in a way to embarrass or shame you. I find it interesting in the parable, you've got the owner initially is more than happy to forgive the debt of the servant, Then the servant goes off and makes a mess of it, and now the owner is ticked off. And he throws the guy in jail to be tortured because somehow that's satisfying his sense of anger, even though ultimately it's not solving anything. To extend forgiveness to another person is also a risky business. And it's almost as risky as asking for forgiveness. Because to extend forgiveness to another person, once again, is taking you into some pretty undefined territory. Think of the word grudge for a minute, right? Think of the verb that we associate with grudge. We don't say, I possess a grudge. We don't say, I've acquired a grudge. We don't purchase a grudge. What's the idiom? We hold a grudge. And that's exactly the right word. You hold on to something tightly when you're afraid of what might happen if you let it go. Holding on to a grudge is like holding on to a wall. At least while I'm holding on to it, things sort of stay in their place. And that's the deep lie that makes forgiveness so difficult to offer and receive at times. It creates a kind of fallacy that says, as long as I hold on to this grudge, or as long as I refuse to ask for forgiveness, then everything sort of makes sense. I know who you are, you're the person who wronged me, 
or I know who I am, I'm the person who asked, acted righteously, why should I have to say I'm sorry? And everybody sort of takes on their role and they're frozen in place. And then we live the illusion which says, I'm safe, it's okay. If I define you in this way, every time I see you, every time I think about you, you're the person who did this to me. It's a skewed kind of safety, but it is a sort of control. And there's a reason why we do it, right? Nobody rolls out of bed in the morning and says, how can I be less forgiving today? But it serves a purpose. And to ask for forgiveness or to offer it to another person really is to take a step out into some very uncertain waters. So maybe just an opportunity as a little spiritual exercise to do kind of a gut check for ourselves. And we know, because we can't kid ourselves, we know if there are some significant areas in our lives where we really need to ask forgiveness. And maybe that other person, just they downplayed whatever it was, they'd be the last person to ever bring it up to us. But we know it's a kind of bleeding wound in the relationship. And we constantly have this nudge, you know, I really ought to seek forgiveness. Or, on the other hand, somebody who's been trying to make amends with us, and they put out the olive branch, maybe it's not a formal apology, and maybe for whatever reason we've just avoided it, because we're not quite sure we want to take the relationship into that next level. We all have those kinds of things in our lives and in our hearts. So maybe to take the gospel today, and really put it to work, right? Not just be another one of those, oh yeah, we're Christians, so we're supposed to forgive, but I know it's really hard for me to do it, so I'm not going to hear this gospel for another three years. Maybe we can get by. But to really put it to work, and I'm talking to myself way more than I'm talking to you, it's not enough simply to say, oh God, let me, let me be more forgiving. Oh God, just give me the ability to forgive. Because at the heart of it, it's not about trying to convince ourselves that forgiveness is good. It's about having the ability to look the fear of losing control in the eye. If you want mercy, pray for the courage to relinquish control, to open those tight fists and let it go. You don't know where that's going to lead you, but we wouldn't be offered it again and again as the path to take if ultimately it wasn't leading us to a better place.